The Sun Devils will play their spring game this Saturday, and we're going to be previewing what to look for on offense on this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Our Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And welcome back to the Locked On Sunnables podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sunnables. As always, thank you guys for tuning in. Wherever you're getting your podcast, hit like and subscribe, and turn on those notifications so you get an update whenever we post new content. Stay in touch with that content by following me on Twitter, at RichieBrads36, and the podcast as well, at LO underscore Sundevils. Like promised yesterday, we're going to be previewing pretty much the whole week unless some like drastic news breaks the spring game. And we'll be taking a look at it next week as well, following the results and breaking everything down. Today, we're going to be focusing on the offensive side of the football and what we're going to be looking for there. Now, obviously, the biggest storyline here not even close is the quarterback battle. So we're going to start there, but I I don't want to spend too much time on it because it's feeding a fed horse, as Peter would like me to say. When we talk about the quarterback battle here, it feels like it's pretty much down to Jaden Rashada, Drew Pine, Trenton Bourget, but we still need to look out for Bennett Meredith. We still need to look out for Jacob Conover. This is still a wide open competition. It feels like every quarterback has had their opportunity during spring practices so far to stand out, make plays and look, look as good as they possibly can. I feel like it's been a good opportunity for all five of these guys. I feel like all five of them have had their moments in the sun where they have looked like they are capable of leading this offense. So I don't, I don't want to continue to just beat this over and over again, because this is something that we're going to continue to look at not just from spring ball, but going into training camp as well. So this obviously will be our first real good look at everything and like an actual like game setting sort of quote unquote game setting, but we'll see what we can get out of it. You know, everyone's going to be looking at Rashada, who's been very, very sharp in practices. He's the four-star kid. He's the prized possession of this recruiting class. He could be the future of Arizona State football. Everyone's looking at him. Everyone's looking at Trenton Borgay who looked really good last year when he got the opportunity. Everyone's looking at Drew Pine, the transfer from Notre Dame, who was able to turn their season around. Everyone's going to be paying attention to that, which is why I don't want to waste too much time. Instead, I want to talk about some other things, like the reps for everyone else. Like We all know that there are a handful of guys here that are like certified studs or have roles locked up for sure. The few guys that come to mind here are Jalen Conyers, who is the undisputed number one tight end, uh, Elijah Badger, the undisputed number one receiver, and I'm throwing a little bit of a curveball here. Isaiah Glass is probably the undisputed starting left tackle here. Other than that, it feels like just about everywhere else on offense, there's going to be competition for for snaps and for playing time and potentially starting time. Like, Who's going to be the number two receiver opposite of Badger? You know, Xavier Guillory looks like that guy, but could Troy O'Mare really show up? Could Andre Johnson emerge? Could 
Giovanni Sanders or Melcon Stavall or Jake Smith or any of the other countless receivers on this team find a way to stand out? We don't really know yet. Looking at the backfield, sure, it does feel like a Cameron Scadabo backfield, but what about the Carlos Brooks? What about Javen Jacobs? What about uh, Tevin White? That That's the name I was thinking of. There's other guys too, but there's there's so much competition here outside of the three that I named with Glass, Badger, and Conyers that you know for sure will be getting starting time barring something unforeseen. The offensive line deserves its own conversation by itself. Uh, quick update. My apologies on my prediction yesterday for the starting starting 11 for both sides. Apparently, Ben Coleman, the offensive lineman transfer from Cal, is potentially out for the year with a leg injury. I totally missed that. That's on me. If that's the case, yeah, I, I would have to sit down and redo that whole thing. But you don't have him or Aaron Frost. That really sucks. Outside of Isaiah Glass, there is going to be a lot of shuffling on this unit. I mean, you you've got you've got some quality players here. Lee Fontanu should be the starting center. Uh, Joey Ramos, I don't know where you play him, but he should be starting on this offensive line somewhere. I feel like Bram Walden should get an opportunity. I feel like Ben Bray should have an opportunity. There's so so much competition here on this offensive line and it's going to be really intriguing to see what these starting units look like what the reps that are given out to them are the shuffling who's playing where like there's going to be a lot to pay attention for when looking at the offensive line particularly let alone the rest of the offense like when I'm out there on Saturday watching this game I'm going to be paying attention to the quarterbacks for sure but the offensive line is going to have a lot of my attention because as I mentioned yesterday, this is not a unit that has looked particularly great during spring practice. They look a little bit concerning, like call a spade a spade. This offensive line has me worried. We'll hopefully be able to get things figured out because there is so much transition going on that maybe it's just a matter of getting everyone settled in, you know, but I'll be paying attention to that. And then seeing the reps and how they're distributed, I'm not worried about Badger. I'm not worried about Conyers. I'm probably not worried about Glass. I feel like those guys are the closest thing to sure thing lockdown starters as there is on this offense. Everyone else, I'm curious. Like I said, Scadabo does feel like the number one back, but what about to Carlos Brooks? What's his role going to look like? What about the rest of the guys on the team? What's their role look like? The wide receivers outside of Badger and like Guillory has looked exceptionally well, but you have so much receiver talent and depth here. How are you going to incorporate these guys? Is it going to be consistent shuffling to get these guys through? Obviously, there's a lot of time between now and the actual season, but this is where we get our first opportunity to take a look at that kind of stuff. So those are the things that really stand out to me in terms of what I'm going to be paying the most attention to when Saturday rolls around for the first spring game. Want to talk to you guys now about FanDuel because if it's grand slams, no hitters, or double plays, it's all back, and there's no better place to get in on the Major League Baseball action than, than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, sign up, and place your first bet to get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your bet doesn't win. 
So don't miss your chance at a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Back into our conversation. I've got a handful of guys to keep an eye on. And I did omit both quarterbacks and offensive line from this list of players to keep an eye on because I don't know that I can single out a single offensive lineman. Like if, if you, if you told me to pick one offensive lineman to watch, I probably am throwing you a curveball and telling you I'm watching Bram Walden, a former four-star kid and a Valley kid who's transferring with the opportunity to be a starter. He's probably the guy I'm watching. Like if you want an offensive lineman, it's probably Bram Walden for me, but I don't want to talk too much about the quarterbacks either. That, that's, a, that's a whole thing. You should be watching all of these guys. You shouldn't specifically just be watching Jaden Rashada. Shouldn't just be specifically watching anyone. You should be taking a look wide open spectrum and see what's there. But there are four players that will be catching my eye. And it starts with a guy that I dedicated a podcast to last week, Javen Jacobs. This dude just feels like the next coming of DJ Foster in all the right ways. And what's funny is instead of Foster translating from running back to receiver, Jacobs is transferring or translating from receiver to running back. So really interesting change there, but he brings that, that versatility as a pass catcher that might give him a little bit of an edge over Scadabo and Brooks and white and whoever else will be competing for those opportunities. It's not to say those guys are bad pass catchers. They are quality pass catchers. I mean, Scadabo was a really good pass catcher during his time at Sacramento state, but none of them are built like receivers the way that Jacobs is. And that, that brings such an intrigue to me when I look at what he can do and knowing that he's had so much time working in the backfield tells me that Kenny Dillingham and Bo Baldwin and everybody else that's going to be helping run this offense is really interested and just getting him on the field. So when Saturday rolls around, how much are we going to see Javen Jacobs on the field? How how are we going to see him? Is he going to be in the in the backfield a lot? Are they going to split him out wide? This is probably the main return man. I, I don't know. Like this is one of like both sides of the ball included. Jacobs is darn near the top of my list, if not the number one guy that I'm going to be most intrigued to watch. That's not a quarterback. Like very interested there. Second name. This one might catch some people off guard, but I'm going with Bryce Pierre, the number three tight end for Arizona state, who I am telling you guys, like, don't, don't overlook this dude. There's a chance that he ends up being a very quality uh, role player for the team in 2023. This is again, he's the number three tight end and it's not like you should be expecting him to, be this massive difference maker this year. But I think that if there's an opportunity for him to stand out in any way and get that opportunity to shine, we could see him maybe a little more than we have for what it's worth. He is a senior according to 24 seven. I did not think he was a senior, but he's six, five built like a, like a big old bully tight end. And he has been bullying guys in practice this week or not this week, but throughout all of, of spring practice, like he's just, he's bigger and stronger and faster and everybody else that he's been going up against defensively. And he looks like Jalen Conyers jr. Like he looks like 
the 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 Walmart brand of Jalen Conyers, I suppose. Like he's that great value. And if Arizona State is going to incorporate tight ends this year, which they should, because you got three really good ones, including Pierre, I would love to see how they can get him involved. I just want to see the tight end period get involved. So that's where I'm at with uh, Jacobs and Pierre. There are a couple more guys here that I do want to talk about in just one moment. All right, back into our conversation. Two more guys that I want to highlight. DeCarlos Brooks is next. DeCarlos Brooks is probably running back two for this team right now. And it's, I stumbling on words. I'm curious how Arizona State is going to incorporate multiple running backs. They really have been dead set on kind of having two guys for a handful of years now. Last year was X Valade and Daniel Legata. The year before that, it was Rashad White and Chip Trianum. Before that, you had the days of Kalen Balaj and Demario Richard. And it, it, it's, been, it's been a theme for a long, long time, the better part of a decade that you've had ASU really like having two guys to run with. But there have been those occasions where they really just kind of commit to one guy. Like you had Eno Benjamin was like the de facto ball carrier for Arizona State for two seasons. Uh, Even last year, like I know that I said that they did like to get Nagata involved, but they didn't involve him as much as I anticipated that they would. And that's kind of where I'm at right now is like, should we expect something similar to last year where – it feels like you should be getting guys on the field a lot, but maybe you just really fall in love with what Cameron Scadabo can give you. And he ends up being more of a bell cow for you. And then the Carlos Brooks turns into more of a change of pace guy compared to a potential like one, two combo, like one, a one B it'll be interesting to see if Brooks can do anything to sway the opinions of the coaching staff to get him more opportunities and for him to be on the field more often and not be in that, in that reserve role, but rather as like, like I said, like a one, a one B kind of punch, because I do like Scadabo. I do think Scadabo is very talented. I'm, I am interested to see what the curve is going to be going from Sacramento state competition to Arizona state competition. I'm curious how the game will either speed up or slow down for him. DeCarlos Brooks, meanwhile, was playing at Cal. So he does have, experience not only power five but against pac 12 play as well he might be more handled and more prepared for day one opportunities to be closer to the starting running back than scadabo is and that'll be interesting to see throughout the entirety of the offseason heading up to the season and probably into the season as well but i'll be looking to see how they get brooks on the field how they get him involved he's he didn't catch the ball a lot And when he did catch the ball, it wasn't anything overly impressive. I think last year he had like less than three yards per reception for what it's worth. So how is he going to stand out? This is probably my biggest question. Last guy, I I did go with a big name here because I didn't want to, I didn't want to just name a bunch of guys that potentially don't get on the field enough. It's Xavier Guillory. Guillory has just lit up spring practice for Arizona state. He has been like, arguably the biggest name on offense to watch every single time practice rolls around. He's the deep threat. 
He makes moves. He's a good route runner. He's fast. He's crafty. He catches everything. He's, he's got stick him all over him. Like this is a good, good receiver. He's gotten that comparison as like the closest thing we've seen at Arizona state to Brandon. Ayuk since Brandon. Ayuk. like this is, this is a guy that's got so much hype generated around him right now. And I'm part of the part of the group that is hyping up Hillary. Naturally, I'm going to be watching Hillary. Like he's going to be one of the guys that I'm most focused and most intrigued on. Like we know what we got with Elijah Badger. We already know that that's a number one receiver. Does Arizona State have two number one receivers though? That's what we that's what we're wondering. Because with everything we've seen so far from Xavier Guillory, it feels like you just might have yourself in a worst case scenario, an elite number two option. Is he going to take those practice reps and turn them into progress during Saturday's spring game? We'll find out, but I am very much excited to see what Guillory can do. I'm also curious to see what his role is. Is he going to be the number two receiver for Arizona state or is he going to be coming off the bench? Like is, is Andre Johnson and Giovanni Sanders going to have first rights because they've been with the program longer. Again, this is also a guy who's going to be taking a step up in competition. He's going from Idaho state football to Arizona state football. Like this is going to be a bit of a transition for him the same way I was talking about with Scadabell. So how quickly is he going to be able to ignite everything turn everything on and become just this dynamite massive weapon for the team. He'll be one of the guys that I'm watching for the most. Those are the four guys I'm watching. Obviously I'm watching the quarterbacks too. I was thinking about doing bold predictions, but I think I'm going to save them for Friday's episode. Tomorrow we'll be covering the defensive side of the football. Same thing. What I'm going to be looking for and players that I'm going to be keeping a close eye on. We'll be doing that tomorrow. Bold predictions on Friday covering the game Saturday, and then going over everything next week. So wherever you're getting your podcasts, in order to stay in touch with all this content and more that's going on with Arizona State, hit like and subscribe and turn on notifications so you get an update whenever we post new content. Stay in touch with that content. Make sure you're following me on Twitter. You can find me at RichieBrads36 and the podcast as well at LO underscore Sundables. That's all I got for you guys today. So until next time, you keep it locked right here on Locked on Sundables.